Welcome to Healthcare Hacks and Connections Podcast. Here you will learn all things podcasting, acquiring amazing tips and tricks required to transform your podcast into an essential tool to grow your business. On this show, we will bring in expert guests from across the healthcare spectrum. They will share their personal stories, discuss their struggles, and give real examples of how a podcast helped to grow their business. Now let's head into this week's episode. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. So today we have a guest with us. He is the founder and CEO of Unleash You Now. He is Michael Faber. He is an author, multi-business owner, speaker, entrepreneur. The man does so many hats. And I always wonder like how he does it, to be honest, and to not like go crazy and break down, which we're going to go into that, some of that stuff today. But Welcome, Michael, to the podcast. Thank you, brother. It was exciting to be invited, man. I love what you do and how you do it. So thank you for letting me be here. Thank you for coming on. So, Michael, for my listeners that just don't know about you, just give a quick, you know, bio about yourself, real rundown. I mean, you were even saying like about your beard and stuff like that. And just a guy from Wisconsin and, you know, whatever you feel you want to do. All right. What's up, everybody? I'm Michael Faber, part of the Unleashed community. I'm the guy that screwed up pretty much every way possible, and I'm still here doing this. So if I can do it, that means anyone can do it. And that's pretty much the story of me. I'm originally from New York City, not West Virginia, but um, I now live in a place called Delaware. No one knows where it is. That's why it ends in where. Um, little state, hard to get in trouble here. That's why I moved here. That's why I always say the story is. found that I was going to be a dad. I had to change my life. Moved to Delaware. And now I'm here rocking with you guys, getting lucky enough to be on this podcast. Well, thank you for coming on today. So I mentioned, you know, you you have so many hats. How? Let's even just dive into that real quick. Like, how are you even able to do that? Oh, well, first, ADHD is a wonder if you let it work for you. And then, um, two, you know, I started doing a lot of things because I figured out the more I was doing, the less likely I was to get in any kind of trouble. Mm-hmm. And uh and it had worked out. So I just kept adding more things to it. And I was like, hopefully this will keep me out of it for the long run. Mm-hmm. No, but uh, I had to change. I had to change my mindset. I had to change what I was about, what I believed, what I thought, my habits, my patterns, things I fell for. I had to address some of my triggers, some of my wounds, my interior wounds. All right. Uh, a lot of people that knew me for a long time will tell you about some of my scars, exterior scars, some of the battles I was in exterior, and they were nothing like the battles I went through interior. All right. And, uh, so it really it was i wanted to find my thing i wanted to find what i was good at what i loved doing i found there was a bunch of things i loved doing but the underlying was there in them so when i started enough of them i figured out what the underlying version was and that was what i needed since then i've become much more focused also i would be a complete liar if i sat here and act like i did all this and i'm just sitting here and i just keep doing this and there ain't no one helping me or nothing i have an amazing team all right i have amazing people that support me um, I have amazing people that are part of our communities and part of our businesses and part of our movement. And without them, I would have been long gone a long time ago. So give them a lot of credit too. They deserve. So that kind of leads into our next question is like, how do you build that team out? How are you able to build so much trust in the people? Because you do have so many businesses, you literally have to put some, you can't, you can't be in all of them at once, right? You have to right. put a leader there to 
to know that, hey, you're going to run this. Hey, you're going to run this. And I trust you to, to control everyone under you. Right. Like, how, how do you find that person? You know, it's funny. I just want people, but uh, one of the things is, uh, and this is going to be counterproductive, but I guess or against the grain. I'm very rarely looking at all that skill. Right. Um, I look for core values and culture to fit what we kind of believe, what we do, what we're about. Let them see the vision, mission that we're on, right? Because we're on a mission. And um, if you can align with that more and your heart's right, well, skill, we can learn, right? We, everything we're doing right now, we've learned how to do this better. Right? I bet your first interview, I remember the first time I did a podcast, I go back and listen to it now. And I'm like, oh my God, like this was so bad, right? I learned how to do it better, hopefully, as time went on, right? And uh, I feel like people can do that in business, too. It's about finding the right people and then learning the right things rather than bringing the people that know the skill but aren't aligned with your heart, your core, what you you really are. And anytime I get bit, it's because I fell for someone's skill and not for the person. So uh, I fall for the person first, and then we figure out the skill later. I love that you see that. Is there is there certain like questions on like these job interviews that you asked to figure out who the person really is versus because, you know, job interviews, a lot of people are like, well, I can do this, this, this and this. Like, cool. That's awesome. But like, mm-hmm. who are you out, out of out of the suit and everything that you're you're here with now? Like, who are right. you out there when you're at the mall? What, what do you do? You know? All right. So that's a great question. So a couple of things. One, I stole from the CEO of Edward Jones for years. He used to take people to eat. So I always chop things up. So when I mean that, I mean, we chop it up over food, a meal, right? I love food. Uh, my first real business, get real. Uh, first brick and mortar business I opened was a restaurant and bar. I love food. I love cooking. I love bringing people together over a table and just enjoying it. Uh, also, uh, my dad would not hit me in front of my mom. And my mom was in the kitchen a lot. So I would run to the kitchen and spend a lot of time there. So my dad did put my ass. Right? And uh, so I escaped a little butt whoopings. But um, so I would bring them to a restaurant and I would get there early. And this is uh, the, the president of Edward Jones did this and I just stole it. Um, and he would tell them to mess up the per- person's order on purpose to see how they would handle it. You know, because if someone goes off the rails because someone cooked their sandwich wrong, probably not the person you want to be around when things start going wrong. Right. And things are going to go wrong at times. And the person that just lets it go and doesn't do anything about it probably not, might not be the person you want running something because at some points we're going to have to say, hey, you know, things need to adjust and change. So uh, seeing how they handle that situation. So I like to put people in situations where I like to see how they handle it. Um, I like to see what they're about, what their core is, who they really are as a person. That's one thing. I'll do that numerous different ways. And then the other thing is what's your core value? What's you believe? What's, what's like three principles to your life that you hold dear that you won't change They're like what are they all right and it's like when when people start answering those questions not like what do you think your greatest skill is and they always like if you ask me that question i'll be like i don't know making people laugh or point what's your reasons right like i don't know so if you ask i feel like i wouldn't get hired for that question so i don't want to know necessarily your greatest skill we can work on that make it fit where you need and what we need um but uh, understanding who you are at the core uh, it's huge and how you're going to handle real life situations. I love that because I think like you said there, you can see how, how the person handles uh, a problem when it comes up. I love that. 
I'm like thinking about like recently this has happened like with like uh I was at like a cousin lunch and then something was wrong with their their food and I'm like why don't you just say something they're like no it's okay and I'm like dude like just say something you're like <laughs> you know and then I was like fine I'll do it and and then mm-hmm. uh you know that was the only way that 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 something would happen and then you know they're gonna take care of you of course but nothing mm-hmm. would happen if these people didn't speak up. I had to speak up. So it was interesting to, to hear that perspective from you in a job interview, but I also liked how you went back to like, what is their core beliefs? Because at the end of the day, if you lose everything, you still have your core beliefs. Right. Um, And you know, it's, uh, we have to even go deeper when we talk about core beliefs because like what's integrity? Right? I have people use the word integrity often. I always find this humorous to me. Right. And they're like, integrity is number one, integrity, integrity, integrity. I'm like, all right, I get the word, but what do you mean by that? And this is why I asked that is because where I came from in New York City, right? And and then PA and where I lived, the people I was associated with. Right. I you would go to court and you would lie your ass off. Right. You would lie your ass off, or you plead the fifth. Right. The last thing you were going to be was a rat. Right. Because if you're a rat, where I came from, you were not in a good position. Right. And I think that's anywhere. Um, now, the lawyers, the, the officers, the judge, they probably don't think I have much integrity. Right. The people where I lived thought I had the highest integrity because I wouldn't rat. Right. So it's also like no longer what word you use, but how do you define that? How do you look at that? Because there, there's different definitions for the same word everywhere. And it means different things in different cultures, different areas, different environments, different families. So uh, really figuring out who someone is at the core and what they believe by that. That's great. Okay. I think this is going in a good direction. So, <laughs> you know, no, it is. It is. <laughs> so I, I know I saw this, I think it was like on your, on your live, your Facebook live, you built a studio and then you like brought in your team and you interviewed, you, you were like doing like podcasts or show, live, live shows, but with your team. Like, why did, why did you do that versus just you? Why did, why did you not be like, I'm the brand, you know? Right. A um, couple things. One, I never wanted this to be about me. One of the big things about me was, uh, I believe we're on a mission, right? Cause above us all. And one of the things I did when I first got in the space, because I was young and dumb, and now I'm old and dumb, but I'm older, right? And uh, the thing I did was I followed everybody else to what everybody else did in the space, right? You have the Tony Robbins and the John Maxwells and the Eric Thomases, and right, and the list goes on. You could just name after name after name after name after name. And I was just like, when I say I'm really about impacting and serving people, there's a couple of things that I have to be able to do to prove that's accurate. What I say is truth, right? And one of them has to be, it's not just about what I say or think or feel, right? And if I die or something happens to me, what happens to the mission that it just dies? Like, what happens when Tony Robbins goes? Does people still go listen to Tony's lessons from someone else? Right? Is then Chris Robinson or whoever the other people are behind him get to step up to the mic and be like, now come listen to me. Right? Does that get to happen? Because I don't think so. I think some of them are just Tony Robbins people. And when he's not there, they're most likely not there. Right? So then what happens to the mission? It ends. They don't want it to end with me. I'm also dumb enough or smart enough to understand I don't have the answer necessarily for you, but someone else might. So the more voices I get heard, the more chance you are finding your answer. It's probably a mix of everyone's you know, put into a pot and stirred around and you get yours. 
right? And my big thing is I want you to find your answer and not listen to me and do my answer because my, for most of my life, especially my answer would not have been right for any of them, right? So I think those are some reasons why I want other people to be heard. And also, dude, we're, we're all powerful, man. Like we all have our own story, like our own life, what we went through, right? Like that's our superpower. Like that's our super strength. It's our story. And I want people to hear theirs and live in theirs. And I need to give them, I need to give them a platform to be able to do that. So that's why we have so many events with so many speakers. And that's why we have, you know, on a podcast where it could just be me sitting there talking, which I've done before. I have multiple people come on, people in the local area can come on, people that are on mastermind come into town literally just to get on it. That's weird to me. Right. But it's uh it's 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 give people a platform to spread their their message because that message might be the thing that that person needs to hear. It might not be me. You know, okay. I love I love that. And then uh I, you also see that because I've been to one of your events. You also see that with the speakers that you invite to your, to your your events. You know, some of them, like I think it was one one of them was on stage, and they're like, they were there last year or something like that, and you, they basically said they wanted to be on that stage, and then you were like, okay, we'll make it happen. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's find the way. Yeah, and then oh, yeah. so. I love that you're like, you know, you challenge people, you challenge your staff. And I really don't even think they're staff. They're like, they're literally like family because like I was uh, at that event and, you know, we, we were helping you uh, load up the truck and, and whatnot. Uh, but they, they, sp- they were speaking still highly of you, you know, behind the scenes and stuff like that. And that's... I pay them well to lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, there I'm you go. I didn't even get paid. but uh no we are family we we preach family that's our culture is family and uh, i would say we get to be the family we pick right because yeah also often we get delta family some people are like my family sucks some people like my family are amazing some people are half and half with it but Mm -hmm. i always think like what if we got to pick what if we actually get to pick the people that that speak life into us right that make us feel fulfilled or like we're really better or could be something better than we are Right. Like if this was all programming to make us believe this is what we're getting, that's it. And that's pretty much, I was just like, you know what? I'm done just being what I'm dealt. Like, let's figure out how we can connect and grow together and grow faster and grow and go longer together. And uh, I truly believe that's the thing. And we do it with love. We do it with service. And um, I try my best not to be a hypocrite in this and live what I talk. And I'm glad to hear that it works. With, at least some of them believe it as of yet, right? That it's true. But it's, it's. I think we're all meant for a tribe. I think tribal life is really that's life. Like that, that's real existence. Is tribal life? It's just expanded into different things now as technology and industry change. We change how we view it. But it's the same thing as your tribe, right? Like where's your tribe? Where's your people? It takes a village, right? Like I just had a daughter that I dropped off at college, like three days ago. And it was funny, my mom made a post and was like, it takes a village. And it was all the people that moved her in. It was like eight of us or nine of us that moved her into our dorm. Right. And I said, there's even people that aren't in that picture that are part of the tribe that helped my daughter become who she is. Right. And it's understanding and value that I think sometimes we get so caught up in having our position and making sure people know our position. And I think that's an ego thing. And I was it for a long time. And now I'm like, I don't care what position I have. I just want you to see all the amazing people that are part of it because I might not be your cup of tea. I curse. I have a beard that looks weird most days, right? Like I look like I have seven teeth left, right? Like I might not be your person, but I guarantee you my, your person that is in our community, 
your person is going to be speaking at our event, right? It might not be me you resonate with, but you're going to resonate with someone, right? You're going to feel connected to someone. And that's the big thing. We all want to be connected to something and someone, something bigger than us. Yeah. And, and the speakers you bring, like, not all of them, you know, are like people that will be well known, you know, but, <laughs> but, they, but they are impactful or they say they are a part of something that's well known. So like, um, I forget, he was the VP of John Maxwell's. Uh, oh my God. Rob, Dr. Yeah, Rob. Dr. Rob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. That guy's awesome. I, I love talking to him. Um, maniac. Brilliant. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to have to get him on the podcast too. But, um, but, you know, you wouldn't even know that if you met him. You wouldn't know that he was a VP to John Maxwell. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think Crazy. that's that's awesome though. It's like you can be sitting next to someone not knowing who they are. They could be a millionaire, whatever. And <laughs> just just knowing, you know, that like like they are like you. I like to say they, they shit the same way you shit, all right? All right. No, that's true. I like how you said that. Yeah, and and then and you know, it's like it's like they're dealing with the same stuff you're dealing with, just in a different way. 100%. Whether right, it's their the business, yeah. yeah. I was going to say whether it was their business, whether it's you know their family, personal, like anything. Hell yeah! All right, and think that room we were sitting in, right? There was over twenty-four millionaires in that room. It would be hard to pinpoint who they were until after, maybe, right? But during it, you probably had no idea. All right, that's our events, and and one of the things you will see at our events, one you're not going to see who you can see on YouTube for free. Right. That's not the reason why I'm doing this. I'm not doing this for an A plus lister to walk in and wave at you, speak and then walk out. Right. One of the things with our events is that in our contract, literally you're there for the event. Right. You do not get to speak and leave and just come in for your time. That does not happen at our events. If you want to do that, that's awesome. You go find other events to do that at. And I'm sure they'll welcome it. Right. But our thing is, I don't want to, I'm not looking for private photos and say what A list plus guys I got in my place. Like, I'm not looking for that. When we had Trent Shelton, he did the same thing. When Charlie Rocket came, he did the same thing, right? George Bryan came, he did the same thing, right? Like you can run through the names and every one of them's done the same thing. No one has ever or will ever, unless something happens to me. In the meantime, come to one of our events just to be a one-hit quitter and speak for 45 minutes and leave, right? Because that makes it about the speaker, not about the people in the room. People in the room will always be greater, right? So we're going to hang out in the room together. I think and you put it this way, you when you're on stage, you're like, you are never bigger than the room. And I was like, that's a good that was great. That was great to hear. Yeah. Got one. Yep. <laughs> no, that, no, that was... not. The room is always bigger. The room mm-hmm. is always greater than you. Yep. And I want I want you I want anyone that goes to a conference or anything like that, or say if you do go to Michael's, I encourage you definitely to go to his. Or his, he has men's, he has a men's retreat and he has a fee, uh, female retreat too. So mm-hmm. you can, you can get some great things. And honestly, his, his mom is awesome. Like when you hear her speak, you're just going to cry. <laughs> but, uh, True. but, um, what was I going to say? I was, I was gonna, I was going to bring up some viral stuff. I guess, you know, because nice. we are a content podcast, podcast, Beautiful. very meta. 
so you guys, your whole team dressed up in dresses and yep. walked down the, 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 you know, right. the street together. And I mean, mm-hmm. you've had, you had your little quotes and stuff on there, but I was like, dang, that's a good way to get viral attraction. <laughs> you know, what's funny is we, I did not think, uh, so it, it we were originally, we got in dresses to support. Uh, Margaret, one of the women's that worked for us, a gentleman yeah, said yeah, something yeah. that was taken a little out of the line, and um, we wanted to make sure she understood and they understood, right? Uh, number one, she understands that, like we say, we're family, so we're going to be there. Um, you're not going to fight a storm by yourself, like we'll, we'll be there, um, we'll take on the world with you. Uh, two is they're going to understand that they said the wrong thing to the wrong person, so hopefully, next time they might check it before they say it, right? Because three things we want from anyone around us lift us up build us up, check us to keep us up, right? So it was a check moment. And uh, I literally agreed to it because I said, listen, no one sees the TikTok video anyway. Like we just started it. No one sees our videos. So who cares if I get a dress for a day? I got this dress and then no lie, when the message came in that it was over 4 million on multiple platforms, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. That the time we go viral is I'm wearing a dress. Amount of videos we've made over a decade plus in the space. And now I go viral, I'm wearing a dress. So I guess I look good in dresses, man. I don't know what to tell you. So let's, let's talk about that. Uh, because, you know, uh, a lot of people feel like they have to dance and stuff like that um, mm-hmm. with, with, with reels and, 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 and uh, uh, TikTok. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like if you have something, you know, that stands out, that's not from the norm, you will go quote unquote viral, which then could lead to people, you know, probably a lot of people, what they did is they went and go search, who is this Michael Faber guy with the red beard, you know, and, and like, <laughs> like, oh, wait, he has events and, you know, start signing up. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. The biggest thing for us, right, as content creators, there's a couple of things we have to remember. One, we don't control the hits, we control the singles. Right? So we got to release. Release your singles, right? If I don't release my singles, then they can never be a hit. Right? So release, release, release. Content, create, release. Content, create, release. Right? And over and over again, a million times, because you don't get to determine it and you don't get to determine when. How many, how many people we know and speak of now that never even got to know they were going to be famous or big or known as one of the major players in whatever space they were in, right? Multiple people will have died before their work was really appreciated the way it could be. It should be, right? So we don't get to control any of that. All we get to do is control that we make it. So produce content can produ- and produce it often. Don't worry about per- perfect. Worry about producing, right? It's all too often we get caught up in perfect for like five years. I spent trying to make videos perfect. I barely released any and barely anyone saw them, right? So I was like, all right, something's got to give because this is torture. Right. And it was just like just producing. And what was hilarious was uh, we brought in, we hired our in house video team. Right. And it started with one. Now it's like three or four. But when it started with one, and this dude, I was just like, bro, do you ever worry about trying to make it perfect? He's like, no. He's like, my job is to get it out. All right. So that's, that's what I'm doing. Right. I'm going to get it into place for it to be viewed and, and taken in. And then they get to determine. Right. So I was like, oh, shit. But that made me think of that. It's like it's not it's not my job to make it a hit. It's my job to make the single. Right. So create content. The other thing is, what are you truly after? Right. Like, I love dancing. I was in a I was in a breakdance club. Right. I thought I was really good. I wasn't story of my life. Right. But 
what are you really after? Right? Like the, the people that are like, I'll never freaking dance. I'm like, all right. Like, are you after never dancing or after someone hearing a message or seeing something that might they need or change their life or appreciate at the time? Right. So my big thing is be true to you, but also be true to your cause. Right. Like I don't wear a dress as often, man. I wore a dress that time to prove to prove point something. And then I wore a dress two more times. Right. Was to answer questions or things that were involved in the dress scene. But I'm like, wear the damn dress. If it helps you get a, if your mission across, like what's the result you're after? What are you doing to get that result? I will tell you this, talking into a camera repeatedly over and over, doing nothing else other than talking into that camera, you're going to have a harder chance. All right, you're going to have to find other ways to break people's patterns so they give you a chance. And then when they give you a chance, take that shit and run with it. Definitely. I mean, that's why, like, I'll bring up someone that's content very out there, you know, and it's popping up a lot. Well, his style is, at least. Alex Ramosi is captioning it's it's very in your face and it's like okay like i need to pay attention because i'm like mm -hmm. it always it always brings me back to the disney movies where it's like the the sing-along <laughs> <laughs> but but mm -hmm. like it stands out right and you're gonna pay attention you're gonna be like oh wow it's, it says money says savings says 50 you know whatever <laughs> and it stands out to you and for you guys that don't know this, and I mean, you really should, if you are a content creator, uh, I think it was like New York Journal I, re I read, it was uh, there's 80, 81% of, of people in the world have their phones on mute. So if you're not captioning your video content at all, like you're severely screwing yourself. Like even if you're... Even if you're just using the in-app caption thing, like you should be doing it. Oh, a hundred percent. And you were right on 81%. All right. And what, what Alex Mosley does really well and has for years, right. Is he understands the first responsibility of a creator is to break someone's pattern. You are meant to be a pattern interrupter, right? Like you are going to break someone's pattern because what they're typically doing is not paying attention. All right. I mean, even when someone gives you attention, let's say you break their pattern, they're going to give you less than three seconds for you to trap them into it, right? Make them stick. When we teach this method, we call it the break and stick. You break the pattern, you stick the person you want, right? So we're after breaking everyone's pattern. We want everyone to be like, what the hell is going on here? Right. And then when they do that, they're going to give you one, two, right? And in your first couple lines or first couple sentences, you're talking to your person. The person that needs to hear this, see this, or move forward with this, right? And then you roll, right? Then you go into your thing, whatever, however you believe in doing it. We use story a lot to connect, but you can use whatever you believe uh, is the best avenue to get people. Storytelling is the oldest form of communication, right? It literally, before we talked, we drew on caves with like blood and shit, right? To make people literally, uh, to, to make stories, right? For people to understand something. And, and storytelling is the oldest form of communication. Whatever form of communication literally lasts the longest probably is the most effective and because it's still here, right? It's probably still pretty good. And I think the, the most bought book or sought after book is the Bible. And I'm not here to talk about religion at all, but I tell you the Bible is full of stories, all right? One after another, put in certain sections in a certain way, and it's all stories, all right? That leads into one big ass story, all right? So 
I imagine if those two things are the most popular version of it, it might hold some truth and water. We might want to have some story in involved because people tend to follow the story because they want to see what happened. So that's pretty much uh, how we run our social media and how we want to and how we intend to, at least what we intend to. Um, and then we always have a call to action. That doesn't mean a call to buy, but it means a call to action because we want to get people used to taking, implementing, right? And seeing the result of the implement, right? So then they can be like, oh, this guy's not full of BS. And he might actually say something useful. Yeah. And and I mean, uh, I'm give give away my formula, guys, for my show notes. But like, that's what I do with the show notes. My show notes, the first thing in the beginning it, it hooks you because I give you two questions, three questions you sometimes that you're going to get from this podcast. And I'm like, okay, do you need this? Do you need this? Do you need this? All right, listen in. I'm dragging you into the podcast from that. That's the reason I do, I do that. Then I encourage you, if you guys do have a podcast, do that. And you're going to see your listenership go up because of it, because, and, and what it is too, is going to be your ideal listener because they're looking for that answer that you have and only you have it. I like the way you say that. All right. And, um, and this is always, I, I go one step sideways on that. I don't know if I'm the one, if I'm only one, but what you do with your copy, with your wording is that you make sure the one that can receive it from you is there. Right. Because not everyone's going to receive my story. Well, um, or my approach, or my language, right? Uh, not everyone's going to receive that well. They're not for me to receive well. Some are not meant to get me, right? I'm not meant to get some, and that's okay. What I want to do is figure that out very early in the process so we get it out of the way. One of the worst things content creators do is they make things for everyone when there is nothing for everyone. Even one size fits all literally doesn't fit all, just so we know, right? And so the thing is like, make it where your people are going to resonate with it, feel it and take it into their core to follow you further because they're the ones that truly are going to digest what you're doing. If you're trying to make it for everyone, you're going to make a massive amount of people not listen to you. And that's really sad, right? And we don't want to do that. We want to create our tribe and our movement. We can only do that with our people. We can't do that with randos. All right. So make it where your people are like, bingo, this is me. What's up? Boom. Right there. That was, that was take home of everything from this podcast. Take home that. Know that. Okay. We were talking about storytelling. For the people that don't know how to quote unquote storytell, like how would you go about even just starting to storytell? Oh, you're speaking my language here. I'm, uh, I literally teach this often too. Uh, we had a course. We still do have a course. We had a course for a long time. I used to teach everyone live. I only taught two sessions, how, how to tell a story and how to compile the presentation quickly. All right. So storytelling to me, it's an, it's not, it's an art, right? Like storytelling is an art and there's skills in art that you can learn to make your art better. All right. More answered. The one thing, the one constant in any story is you that you're telling, all right. You're the constant, right. Cause you're telling the story. So you might tell a story about someone else, but still you telling it. Right. So what makes you worth listening to? It's the first thing. I asked, what makes you worth listening to? Why would anyone listen to you? All right. And then, because how many times do we not even talk about the origin of how we got here? We talk about how we've been here five years later down the road, right? I always call that our Narnia talk, right? Because we're already in the mythical land, but we're talking to a bunch of people that are not in the mythical land yet. So stop talking that way. Start talking like before you got in the mythical land. All right. So what makes you worth listening to? And how are you an authority in whatever you're talking about? 
right? It's like I, I talk about Abraham Lincoln a lot, and I'm always like, listen, I spent five years studying Abraham Lincoln, like literally wrote a a doctorate's like on how Abraham Lincoln's leadership was the model that all should follow, because if someone that had the mental health issues that he had, the civil unrest that he had, and the country at literally turmoil that he had, to still be able to lead through and the way he led and just the methodical thinking of every step to make sure it would work and seeing this chess game play out, even though it was intense as could be. He's a guy, but what do I do? I talk about my five years of studying him, writing this big paper. And then I use the quote, people are like, well, shit, he must know Abraham Lincoln. Right. So it makes me an authority in the topic. What I did was just, I just want to tell you things. So you weren't like, yes, no, what the hell are you talking about? He'd never even seen Abraham Lincoln. Right. I mean, I've seen pictures, right. <laughs> Some would say I kind of look like a little bit. I dressed up on Halloween. That's when everybody thought I was right. But so those are two things at the beginning. And then uh, it's broken down into like, what components are you using? What recognition are you? And what's the narrative? And when we can fit those together, put that in, um, Everything, every story, every movie, every song should, that's a hit, has a climax, right? They have turmoil, they have climax, right? And then they have the end, right? Like what happened? And typically every story should be twofold. It's the logical part, which means we can see it. Like what happened? I got in a car accident. I was driving down the road today and this car came out of nowhere and I just smacked it. And, you know, they had to be taken to the ambulance, but they're okay. And I was okay, but I was shaken up, Right. And, but now that's a boring story, what I just told you, all right? Boring way of telling a story. I only use the logic. There's a lot of stories about storytellers out there that just use logic, all right? Um, Margaret McClure, who's our event planner, she's Miss Logic, but she's like over the top Miss Logic. She's like, what did you eat before the accident? I'm like, who cares what I ate before the accident? Like, you think what I ate caused the accident? Like, no, I'm fine. Right. And uh, it's like, did did they eat something before too? Maybe it could have been. I'm like, that's stupid. Right. Like, I don't understand why you're asking me these questions. Right. She does to kill stories because she goes into areas like no one cares. Right. And so when I tell that story and I'm like, man, that car came out of nowhere. Do you ever feel like, oh, my God, I'm in a really bad state and I have no control. So you could never have gotten to an accident in your life. But you know what it feels like to have no control and know you're in a bad situation. Right. We connect on the feeling. So uh, my brother's on his 22 a day that served the country and took his own life. You might not have experienced that. Or have you ever had just your heart break and know it would never heal the same? You ever feel like your heartbeat would just be different because that pain you felt? Right. So now, even though we didn't go through the same situation, you understand. Right. And that's talking of your story. So it's we show the logic, but we connect on the feeling, the undersurface. And if you can connect on that feeling and bring people with you because of that, that's when they become your people. That's when they either whatever you're calling them to take action, buy something, follow, whatever it is, they'll do that because they're following. And now they still feel that pain. They don't want to feel it like they felt it. They want to feel it like you feel it now because look at what you're doing with it. And that's why I want more of that. So when you're speaking in stories, speak to feeling not necessarily just a logic part of it that everybody can understand. Yeah. Speaking to that feeling and emotion, that story about the, your brother, like that, like you can feel that and you're like, Whoa, I felt that pressure, even though like you're not near me, I'm just listening. Right. Mm -hmm. right. I think that's awesome. Is there any like storytelling books that you would recommend? Oh, storytelling books. 
or I got one of the most I got one of the most boring books on earth that's really good for story, right? And um, one I would say if you don't know um, the hero's journey, yeah, and it right there's um there's a bunch there's of people literally right. They did, I think it was every movie from like 1950 or 1960 that ever was a top 10 blockbuster movie. And it was like 98% of them followed Heroes to Journey. Heroes to Journey. Right? And I didn't know that. You through, literally, the entire, the entire thing is that process of walking you through it. Right? Story brand is pretty good for, right? You got it. It's somewhere in my little it's, library here. I'm like, like hold eh, on, it's here. I can't grab it right. like at the moment. <laughs> a good off the radar one, the power of moments. Okay. Um, and it kind of goes into how to express and and make people see the moment, right? And then talk to people that way. Um, there was one other one I really wanted to share, and I can't find it in my library right now. I keep a library on my phone of all the books in certain areas that so when yeah. people ask questions like that, I'm not too like, oh no, I didn't know that was coming. And uh I can't find it right now. For some reason, I should be able to. Also being able to read is a big thing that I'm trying to work <laughs> on right now. It's all good. Um right, but um I need to, it's gonna be real weird for one second. No worries. Um a hero with a thousand faces. Okay. It is a hard read. It is a yeah. big old book. Okay. But so it's like Lord of the Rings is... book, like <laughs> <laughs> right? And uh it's 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 yeah, it's solid. Um all right. And but it goes into very depth all the angles of a story. Now you're probably not gonna finish it and be like, now nah, I can tell a story like this, but it's going to give you the idea of what to look at, what to start working in, how to work it in. And also what stories really hit. Yeah. Like I, I talk about the restaurant fire a lot and people think that's my first business, but it wasn't it was my first brick and mortar business. But I know that's the story that hits better. Right. Like it's not, so it's, it's understanding how to tell the story, but also what story resonates best with the people you're trying to resonate with. Boom. Perfect. And then, and then if you are looking at these books and you are listening to this podcast, honestly, listen, go take action. Like that's the first thing that you need to do. You need to, to use it and to see like it fails, see what failed, mm. see how it failed. And, you know, then recourse, correct. And then put it out there again, whatever it is. Right. I love that you said that because one of my buddies and, and then one of my mentors, we were we do a lot of masterminds. Like you brought up a couple of events we have. We have over 20 events a year and we're about to have even more because uh, with the state of how things are right now, I think it's even more imperative to have more events. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. we're calling this series the build because we're building the life, the relationships and the business that the economy can't mess with that society can't mess with it's gonna we, we understand how to build now in a way that doesn't get impacted by what's around us i saw right. that and you know what we're actually gonna we'll link that in the show notes for everyone if you want to do that there's there'll nice. be links to the men's the, the women's and i don't think i think is there a virtual one there is a virtual one uh okay. we do a virtual one now every quarter i'm not a big virtual fan but we yeah we want to impact people. So it's not about me. Right. So yep. I suck up my pride on that one. <laughs> but uh, it was funny. A mentor was talking to one of our buddies was sitting around the table. We were masterminding 
And he said, oh, this was my best year yet. I, I read over 100 books. And we were like, Jesus, right? Like, I, I'm a big reader, even though I can barely read. I'm a big reader. Uh, I listen to all our books in the car as well. And I'm yep. at night and in the morning, right? And I read. There's something about the book in my hand, though, that I love. But, right, that's a different story. But it was great. And the, the mentor looked at me. He's like, that was awesome that you did that. You must have gained a lot of information. And he was like, of course. And he was like, so what did you implement? Like, what did it change? Right? And the guy was like, what? He's like, what did you take from it? He's like, I'd rather read one book 10 times and get it and implement it than read 10 books one time and get one thing. Right? Because it's not just reading the book. I think now we're getting too caught up in vanity things. And it's like, I read this amount of books. Like, that's I'm going to win the amount of books read per year. You won't. There's people that read books in like seconds. Right? So you're not going to beat them in reading. The point is not to read the book. The point is to get something from the book to change your life or the or your relationships or your business or whatever it's about about and it's like so people will talk to me about books i read a year and i'm like can i tell about the books i've already read that i've read reread this year too all right so i'll talk about ultimate sales machine i read that book every year why it's the greatest book in my opinion for sales all right uh literally the dream 100 strategy comes from that book chad holmes did it uh he passed before his time he passed from cancer but um he was brilliant. That chapter alone in that book should be a book itself, right? Like it's, and then uh, we took that strategy and then dove into it a million times over to find out how it can work even better for us. And I tell everyone, you want to build a six figure business with zero expenditure, go get the ultimate sales machine, read the Dream 100, implement that. And in one year, you'll have a six figure business and you won't spend any money on ads or funnels or any other crap everybody tells you you need. Right. And I know because I took a bet saying I could do that and we did it. Right. So no longer did we make a hundred K business. Um, and it took us uh less took us less than 90 days to implement and, and get to under K and without using websites, no ads, no funnels, no email list, nothing, straight organic social media marketing to a course um using the Dream 100 strategy. Um, we we also won 10K because we did it. Right. So uh it was so we saw it was possible, and now pretty much that's how we run all of our business. I'm not interested in gaining an award that says I made a million dollars when I spent $999,000 of it. Right. So I really made a thousand dollars, but it says I made a million. It's not my thing. I'm into cash flow and being able to really invest and change lives. Right. And we're lucky enough and blessed enough to make good money when we do it. That's awesome. Right. But it's like, what can you implement? So when someone says in business, what book, 10 books should I read? Read the ultimate sales machine 10 times. Right. Like, uh, you know, what, what do I get for uh, good uh, messaging? like either copyright secrets or story brand, right? They're the two best books for that, that I would suggest read that book 10 times, right? My thing is stop trying to impress by a bookshelf like this. This took 30 years, right? What it did was start with one. I started with Hard Work by Roy Williams, right? It was amazing. I read that book multiple times. And then I read 10X, right? A million times, even though I'm not a big 10Xer, right? Because why not 11X? I just don't understand. Right. And uh, the, it's like 10 exit. Well, 11 exit. Now I'm better. Right. Like I don't get that. Um, but at the time I needed it just because you can hustle your way to six, seven figures. Right. And then uh, Crush It by Gary V uh, just opened my eyes to numerous different avenues that I could do something. And it wasn't just the one thing. But I'm sorry, I'm rambling. The thing is to get what you need from a book, not just read the book. No, you weren't random there at all. I think everyone needs to hear that. But I wanted to bring it back to something is 
you do have a library back there, but there's <laughs> there's always I'll bring people back to an episode I actually did with George Bryant where we were talking about yes. books and he's like, don't you find it weird or interesting how you can reread a book, but then you're ready for a certain message to pop out at you during that time versus the year before you read it or a couple months before that you read it, like something else just pops out. And then that's the, cause that's the answer you were looking for. And then, then, then you go implement it and then you go again, you go back to let's say like the next quarter, two quarters from now, you reread the book and then you, you get past that part and you get to the next step and you're like, oh man, here's another one. Here's, here's another thing that I didn't catch the, the third or fifth or sixth read, read through. 100%. Every, every book is like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to say people really need to like, like if you have a favorite book, I encourage you go read it again and, and, and see if you find that new message that it's trying to tell you or that you're going to be ready to accept. Right. There's only so many things we can even receive. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like thinking it's like when someone's like someone's broken, like thinks about being a billionaire, Like you can't even fathom what it's like. Right. It's, it's not it's not real. All right, so let's start with a thousand. But then, when you're a thousand, you have a thousand dollars. Then things are more real. You could do more things, right? When you have ten thousand, then you have a hundred thousand. It's it's not like it's zero to just then a million, right? There's a bunch of numbers in between, right? And it's like that with a book. It's I'm not. It matters what level I'm at, to what I can digest and take in and actually put into me to put out to the world, All right? So it's yes. When you read a book one time, you're going to receive what you can at the level which you're at. Then when you read that book again, you're going to be at another level. So you're going to receive something different from it. It's just like there's some movies I really loved at a time. And now I'm like, oh, right. Not a great hit. There's some books that I was like, yo, this is great at the time. You know, what I wrote when I read when I wrote when I read 10X, right. I was just like, oh, this is it. Right. You know how stupid I was. My first quote in the industry was, oh, every day. And I was outworked everyone every day. And I thought that was like a shining light, right? Like this is a North Star, people, right? And don't get me wrong. There is an amount of effort you're going to have to put in, right? I'm not saying there isn't. I'm not the guy, nor do I want to say like four-hour work week here. Like I always laugh at that. Like I work four hours this week. Don't you want to hire me as your coach? I'm like, no, I don't, man, right? Like I feel like we're really settling now and I don't want to settle, all right? And it's like, I want people like me. I want people obsessed. And like, I'm obsessed with what I do. Yeah, I'm in the office right now, 540, right? You can hit me up three, four hours from now. I'll probably be in the office at 940, right? And my daughter's in college now, so I can even do more, right? So people around me are like, oh, shit, here he goes, right? Like, we're never going to see him. He's going to be in the lab all day and night, all right? And it's because I love this. Like, this isn't people are here in a burnout. Like, no, you don't get it. I love this. Like, I love it. Like, when you said, how are you doing today when I got on the call with you? And I said, brother, you'll never hear me complain. I'm on the right side of the dirt, and I do what I love. Right. There's no point in complaining. People got it way worse. Right. And that's true to me. Right. I love this. So I want to work with people that love what they do. Right. It's like when you talk about burnout, burnout is doing what I don't love. You know, I try not to do things I don't love. Right. Because I'll get tired of it. I'll get sick of it. Right. It it won't fit me for long because it's not me. Right. So it's like that in everything you do. It's like find who you are and what you're about. Like I don't mind grinding. To me, the grind isn't a bad thing, right? Not grinding bothers me, 
right? It's when I'm on vacation, I'm still doing my thing. It's like I still take books on with me on vacation and traveling. It's not like I'm like, I'm not growing now, right? Like, no, that's not, that's not going to happen. It's because that's who I am. Now, there's some people that are like, oh, that, that's not who I am. I'm like, cool, that's not who you are. But we need to, you are going to look after the guy for four hour work week. And I'm not because I don't want that. Now, when I do, I'll know where to look, right? But until that point, I want people that are obsessed with this. I want people that want this so damn bad. It's, it's in their fabric. It's in their DNA. It's who they are, right? And so I think make the life that's aligned with you and at different parts of your journey, different things are going to align with you. And it's for you to understand, grasp, and be able to move forward and grow from to be able then to become who you need to become to get what you want to have. Yeah, I definitely uh, love love that too. And, you know, like even with me, like and my fiance, she's working in the business now too. It's like, you know, we have our yes. wedding coming. We did prepare our team and everything for us to leave, but there's portions of it, even during like our honeymoon where we're going to have to work a little bit, but we're, we're fine with it. We're like, well, there's, there's not like, like we're not going to be able to be out there like all the time. Like there's some times where we're going to be in the, in the hotel, just relaxing. Who cares if we, all right, let's get on the computer a little bit, check in on the team, see how everyone's doing. Anyone need help? Are clients <laughs> complaining or something, <laughs> you know, like, like that type of stuff. Because I mean, before I had my team, like last year I had 20 clients and I was doing like God amount of work, but I was like, I was, like you said, burnt out. I was getting that to that mm-hmm. point. I was like, yeah, I'm making a good amount of money, but this isn't fun anymore. <laughs> you know, right, so then right. I evolved and then, you know, it, it's going to keep happening that way too. And mm-hmm. yeah, you know, just, just enjoy the journey. Damn right. Enjoy the journey for anyone that's out there. All right, Michael. Well, I know we're going over just a little bit, but we have these things called pod decks and I don't know if you know what these are, but, uh, these are basically just decks cards that, uh, you know, help us dive a little more into you as the, the guests. So we're going to ask you three questions. So first one is over the last six months, when you have felt the most alive and electrified, when have you felt the most alive and electrified? Connecting and speaking with my people. I already knew that. I was like, he's probably going to say his live event. He's going to probably say a retreat. Speaking my people, man. Speaking my people. Whatever that is. In a backyard barbecue on the stage. Whatever that is. Speaking my people and connecting my people is not like it. It's better than Viagra. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) What's the best gift anyone's ever given you? Why was it the best? My mama gave me life, man. And it's because I'm living. But if you mean something other than that, you know, my dad gave me a book. Uh, my dad gave me a book in 99. You think grow rich, right? No, it was rich that poor dad, sorry. And um, I, me and my dad did not have a great relationship. Uh, the only reason I even talked to him before he passed was because we thought my mom was sick and she was going to pass. So we kind of built our relationship and, and started talking again because we thought something was going to go wrong with her and she really wanted us to have a relationship. So my dad asked me to meet him at Jim Dandy's. It was a burger spot. PA and we met and talked and we just said let's settle the problem right now just so um, my mom can see that we have a relationship and then six months later he was gone and I never got to read that book but later I read that book 
And that was the book that opened my eyes to mindset and to what you can do as an individual. It doesn't matter where necessarily you came from, what's around you, what's happening in your environment, those that are speaking around you, that you can still determine your life and where you go. It's all going to be here first because we go interior to exterior. Right. So, so that probably was the greatest gift. That's why I hate that thing where it's like, show me the four people around you. I'll show you what the fifth is like. I'm like Abraham Lincoln hang out with a bunch of presidents and he just became one. Right. Like, or a bunch of politicians. No, he was not a politician. His family wasn't politicians. He came from a line of mental health and horrible situations. But here's the great thing. Chip becomes fertilizer if we let it and we can grow out of it. Sorry. That was rant. No, that was good. That was good. I think you even talked about that on the stage. If I remember correctly. Nice. What do you think most people take for granted? This is actually a good one. I haven't gotten asked this one from a guest. Right. I would say breath, man. Life. Right. All too Truth. often we don't associate life that you know death is guaranteed. And all too often we're scared of it. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to look at it, knowing that any moment it can happen. I know people that have died in their teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s and above. Right. Here's the deal. Uh Betty White just died recently. She died at 99 years old, right? like three days before her 100th birthday and someone said man she died to you no one ever says man they live long enough no one ever really says that right so yeah. we don't we don't get to live long enough for all the things we want to do and experience and try and we take for granted most days and most moments um one of the biggest shifts in my life was when i said we're gonna i'm not worried about possession material much anymore i'm worried about experiences i want to have a bunch of experiences before i go i have a live list live it list i'm gonna live for it all right, now bucket list, I'm not kicking nothing. All right, I kicked a 40 once in a parking lot when I was younger and broke my toe. I stopped kicking that day. All right, uh, don't kick a full 40, that it hurts. All right, um, <laughs> not the hard way, but it's so, so breath. We take it ultimate for granted, knowing that it can go away tomorrow. And there's so many people and so many things we want to do. And uh, every day it becomes less of a chance. Man, this has been such an impactful uh, podcast. I mean, from beginning to end, I think you guys have so much you can take away from this. So I just want to see you guys implement anything that we just talked about today. But uh, I just want to thank you, Michael, for coming on on the podcast. And then for the listeners that resonated with your message and they're like, hey, I want to work with Michael. Or I want to go to one of these retreats, anything like that. How can they do that? Awesome, brother. If you want to get closer to me, one, I'm an open book. Like I say, like no one's ever alone. Uh, the only time we're alone is when we make ourselves it. And I mean that so much. My phone number, my my personal email are public. You can reach out to me at any moment. Call me at any moment. I don't care. We'll stop. We'll talk. See what's up. You can find me on any social media. I'm most time Michael Faber, unless it's Instagram. I'm the coach Mike Faber. And Unleash You Now is all over all social media sites as well. Reach out to any of us, any of the team, or myself. And we'll be happy to guide you wherever you're meant to be guided, brother. And thank you again for letting me on your podcast. I appreciate you running a great shit. Uh, you're great at what you're doing, how you interview. You run a great style. So thank you for making me feel at home and letting me speak too much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, for the listeners, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe for more episodes. See you on the next one. Peace. For more inspiring conversations like this one, I invite you to join my free Facebook group, Healthcare Hacks and Connections. Also, be sure to subscribe, rate, review on Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Lastly, be sure to follow our socials on Instagram, the podcast underscore doc, and Nate Novice on Facebook. Thank you and have a great day.